You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And let's talk beer. Let's talk breweries. Let's talk Petty Thieves Brewing. We are here with Ted Rosenhall. And let's talk about it. It's no secret. This has been a tough year for breweries. You know, Charlotte, it's something that I love to do on the weekends, on Saturdays, take the kids, everybody out. Like breweries are like a staple in our community now, but it's been tough. Along with the rest of the restaurant businesses, breweries are under strict limits about how many people they can serve uh, indoors. Now, imagine if you are building out your lifelong dream of opening a brewery and then boom, COVID hits. And now you got to call an audible. You got to pivot. You got to you got to change something quickly. And that's exactly what Petty Thieves Brewing did. And they still opened in September, just north of Uptown on Graham Street. One of their founders, uh, Ted, is here. And joins us on the Brand Butters podcast to give us some insight into how Petty Thieves jumped through hoops to land on opening day to make it happen. It's such a cool name for a brewery and they have an awesome brand. So, Ted, welcome to the Brand Butters podcast. We are so excited to learn more about Petty Thieves Brewing. Hey, thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ted. We appreciate it, man. And so, like a lot of breweries, you were a home brewer first, uh, to my knowledge. And and uh, just curious, when did you start brewing beer? Yeah, so I was uh, finishing out my last year of engineering school, and a buddy of mine um, invited me over to his place and had this Mr. Beer kit. Um, and, you know, everything everything went wrong. The beer was awful, but just, like, knowing that there was such a thing as making your own beer and coming from like the engineering mindset of like wanting to know how everything works um it was it was a natural um interest uh that rapidly became an obsession uh much like um a lot of other brewers so so w- tell me like when did you decide or when did it hit we've had a couple breweries on and it's fascinating to understand from homebrew to then we're gonna you know start an entire brewery where like tell us the journey uh and how that came about and then finally what do you decide hey well, I'm, we're gonna do this and then boom COVID hits it but you still are like i'm i'm doing this <laughs> sure uh well uh you know my road was something like 15 years long um, from, you know, getting into homebrewing to, you know, being, being open with a brewery. Um, uh, and I don't know, you, you know, somewhere along the way, the, like the, the interest becomes an obsession. And, um, in my case, uh, there was a, there was a, a point in my life where, uh, if I wanted my beer to get better, uh, I would have to go to brewing school. Um, and that meant a lot of time and money, um, and, and being away. Uh, so instead what I did was I just like researched all of the texts that they taught out of, bought them all up and just read them, uh, read them at night and started, um, getting the beer where I thought it could be and where I wanted to take it. Um, started developing recipes, uh, about that time is when, uh, I fell in with my, my brewing partner, Greg. Um, and also at the same time, I was bumping up against my 10 year working anniversary. Uh, I was working a desk job, loosely related engineering. Um, 
and you know, just getting restless. Uh, you know, that 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 feeling of getting older and and putting in hours for somebody else and wanting a life change, and you know, having to make a decision of if I make a life change, um, where am I going to put those hours? Um, am I going to study for a professional license? Am I going to study for, you know, some passion project? And so really that's the, that's the decision that I made. And then pushing forward was another six years of really trying to build the brand. Um, that's when, you know, I was doing graphics arts research for figuring out like what the tone of the brewery needed to be, what the name of the brewery needed to be, um, looking for, um, different, um, different textures and different colors, um, that a brewery specifically Charlotte, but also kind of craft beer brewery culture in general, uh, could be, um, trying to step away from kind of these big warehouse, uh, beer halls, um, which are, are classic in themselves, but wanting to go in a slightly different direction. Um, and then <clears throat> pushing into developing some relationships, uh, we've started, we needed an excuse to make a lot of beer, um, <laughs> for, for our sake to, you know, to just really dial in the recipes, uh, really gave us a chance to try all these crazy ideas that we had without just having to like throw beer away after, you know, you taste it and those, yeah, that, that tastes pretty good. Okay. Let's, let's drain for it now. Um, so instead, like we started organizing our own backyard parties, like pig pickings and, um, July 4th stuff, um, connected with, uh, the, the folks at Goodyear Arts. Um, so we were pouring samples for a lot of years, uh, with those guys over there. Um, and really, you know, grateful for the, the opportunity to have that platform. Um, so just making kind of these relationships over the years as we were planning, as we were looking for, you know, the real estate, you know, the brick and mortar that we, that we ultimately landed in that, that was a long road that took about three years. Um, until yeah, we, we broke ground, uh, on this place after, you know, a lot of planning and waiting and agonizing, uh, and furniture collecting and, uh, <clears throat> broke ground at the end of January and yeah, then the closures hit in March and it was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Terrible. No kidding, man. Wow. Uh, you went off the beaten track a little bit with your location, right? You're not in Noda. You're not in South End. You're not in Plaza Midwood. Tell us about your spot and kind of how you landed there. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, all of these all of the decisions were, were intentional from the beginning. We wanted to be in, uh, in North end, even before there was such a thing as, as North end, um, just liked the, um, it, it somewhat of a romantic notion of being on the fringe. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it's almost a badge of honor for, uh, for breweries to, you know, set up in some really crappy warehouse district and just like, make a go of it. And then that turns, um, you know, their, their corner of the world around. Um, we didn't exactly do it for, for those reasons, but, um, it definitely was intentional, uh, being on the, on a French side of town, being a little bit, um, distanced. Uh, we want to say easy to get to, which is tricky 
Um, but we wanted to, um, we wanted to help kind of build uh, an underserved part of town. Um, and so from the very beginning, um, North End was, was in my sights. Uh, we sniffed around for a bunch of years um, trying, to, trying to land up here before we finally found the opportunity uh, here with the, the shops. Um, and literally, like we, next month will be um, our two-year anniversary of having a lease signed. So like wow. we've, we've had this place in hand for a long, long time. Wow. Uh, and it took a year and a half to, to get to the lease signing part. So, um, yeah, we were chasing this, this building down pretty hardcore. Uh, just really loved everything about it. Um, it, it felt right. Uh, the location, the, um, the really short distance to uptown. Um, <clears throat> and now with the burgeoning, uh, Camp North End, and also being neighbors to the music factory uh, doesn't hurt either. Yeah, I would say. Now, it's interesting. Charlotte is such a, a, a unique community, specifically when COVID has happened. Tell us about, um, you know, you being new, but not necessarily new to this area of how the community supported Petty Thieves and, and really, you know, how they've kept kept you going during a year when it's very difficult for everyone. Yeah. So, um, so we've, you know, we've been officially open. This is our eighth week. Um, so we're, we're new, new, new. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge really, you know, how we're doing. Cause we don't have anything to compare into, uh, cause everything is so new, but, uh, I was I was absolutely floored with the like our grand opening uh, ceremonies. Um, just it, it felt like it felt like the whole city came out to, to come see us, um, and it was that was super cool. Uh, we were we were actually really concerned about um, you know having having too many people uh, and having to uh, police you know some of this social distancing. Um, but people were really well behaved. Um, they were self-policing, you know, they would, they had a couple, like, you know, they walked up to the patio, like there's nowhere to sit and let's hang back or, um, so it's been really good. And then, um, since then, yeah, we've started to, to really meet the neighbors, um, cause they're, they're the folks who come out, um, during the week, um, they're becoming our regulars. Um, they're the guys from, uh, the adjacent neighborhoods, uh, Bright Walk, um, and, uh, we're like, we're getting the feedback of, we're really happy you guys are here. We, you know, <clears throat> been hoping for, you know, something like this brewery, uh, for, for a while, um, and really happy to have you, you know, here in the neighborhood. So, uh, the reception has been, been really good. Congratulations, man. That That's really, really great to hear. Um, what kind of beers are you brewing and what makes them different from some of the other breweries in town? Yeah, well, well, that's, that's a kind of a funny question. It's, it's hard to, with, uh, with so many breweries making so many different beers. Um, it's, I think it's getting harder and harder to differentiate yourself in like, uh, type or, style or recipe. 
Um, really, I think what it comes down to these days is, is execution. Um, it, it's, it's getting harder and harder to have like truly original ideas, which is also kind of where our name comes from, but that, that's for a, a, a different conversation. Um, <laughs> so where, you know, where we land, um, is really kind of relying on our homebrewing roots, um, you know, we get into homebrewing because we want to, back in the day, we wanted to make stuff that wasn't available. Um, or we would get something that was on the shelf and like different things about it and feel like maybe we could do it in a, in a different or maybe a better way. Um, and without really, without any commercial restraint, so you can really do whatever you want. Um, and proving that some of these weird ideas can, can actually work. So, and we do that kind of across the, across the board from, um, you know, IPA stouts, porters, uh, some of the sour beers, a lot of saisons, um, a few Belgians, no real, uh, traditional, uh, Belgians though. Um, just that doesn't, that style uh, resonates with a lot of people and doesn't really resonate with, with us, but the Saisons um, particularly. Um, and that's just because we like the, uh, the groundedness of, of the style, like using, um, using uh, real kind of rough uh, agricultural, you know, there, again, that goes back to the, like the romantic image of, of the Saison is like you're working in the field and you're, you're craving something cold and fizzy and you reach for that, you know, 3% Saison. Um, so just like the, the rustic notion of it, um, the, it's really kind of a naturalistic um, beer. So, we actually, right now, we think we have uh, four saisons on at the moment, um, and but we also do um, some of the more, uh, for lack of a better word, hype right. <laughs> beers. Um, like we've done uh, uh, some some kettle sours with uh, like boysenberry, and we're working on a. a like a cheesecake sour coming up in the next couple of weeks. And, um, we do do the, the hazy IPAs. We, uh, we definitely, again, have our own style. Like there's a, there's a picture in our mind of what the perfect hazy IPA should be. Uh, and it looks an awful lot like the, um, the first, uh, hazy IPAs, the new England, uh, IPAs. Uh, so really juicy, but dry, not sweet. There's no vanilla, there's no milkshake, uh, just a really good, crisp uh, New England IPA. Um, so, yeah, so it's a lot of just brewing uh, what we like, um, really relying on our own sensibilities, um, that brewing intuition, and, and that's what you see on the board. It's the stuff that we're, that we're passionate about, and there's, there's solid reasons for um, everything we brew and, and why we make it the way we do. Sure. And, and I love your branding, your, uh, your artwork, you must have a heck of an artist on staff or, or someone you work with, uh, just, just very crafty on all the cans on your website and, and your website in general, your apparel, uh, really, really cool, man. Really cool. Nice. Thank you. 
Yeah, absolutely. What do you guys need from the community? You obviously said that people are coming out there, but what are some ways that, you know, maybe they can support you where it's not necessarily coming in and staying in the place? I mean, obviously going through COVID, we don't know really what's going to happen. Do you guys have to go options? I mean, what's the best way for this community to be able to support you and really make sure that you uh, not only are continue to stay open, but that you prosper. And, and this is something that's in the community for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so there's there's two key ways. Um, we have uh, one of the one of the early lessons our our lead brewer taught us was that we absolutely had to have cans. Um, you know, having that takeaway option uh, was going to be crucial to to really driving the revenue to 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 get steady. Um, so. We are, we're still waiting on our uh, pallet of um, single-serve cans. We serve in, uh, for lack of a better word, we, you know, we refer to them as, as crowlers still, but they're not the traditional 32-ounce crowler. They're a, they're a stovepipe 19.2-ounce uh, crowler. So it's more like a single-serve plus um, package, but... Anything on our beer board, we can obviously, we can package up for you. And uh, to beat the rush, we actually have two can seamers uh, that we that we use. Um, and we have routinely sold out of those cans. Uh, they just keep walking out the door, uh, which is amazing. Um, and we also, uh, part of the deal for getting our pallet full of uh, cans was setting up an early uh, canning date with, um, with our uh, mobile canner. So we, two Fridays ago, three Fridays ago, today is Friday, um, we had our first canning run. So we canned up our um, Andalusia, which is a tropical IPA. Uh, we canned up the uh, Difficult Arithmetic, which was a brainchild of our lead brewer. It's a sour IPA, um, and dry hopped with uh, loads of citra, and it's got two barrels of orange juice in it. So it's a beer mosa. It's fantastic. Um, and at the same time, we, we can, we had to pivot. Uh, one of the beers wasn't quite ready. We were going to can up a porter, uh, but we ended up canning up, uh, another, um, West Coast IPA. It's called Perpetual Enigma. Um, and that one has just huge, like, uh, melon and white grape notes. Um, Super crisp, really good. Uh, so those are our takeaway options. So we've got prepackaged cans, and we've got uh, single serve cans. Um, and then, of course, the second way that uh, folks can support us is just uh, spreading the word. You know, that's my that's kind of become my my full time job is um, just lead communicator, uh, trying to get um, you know word out about the events that we're doing, the beer that we have, the culture that we're uh, trying to build, um, and, uh, trying to just, you know, spread our presence on, uh, on all the social needs. So yeah, just trying to get the word out. Tell us a little bit about some of the events you're doing. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're slowly building out our, our calendar. Um, so in, in kind of broad brush strokes, we've got, um, a couple craft nights. We've had a couple craft nights so far, um, painting and cross stitch. Uh, we're going to do a crochet event on Sunday. Uh, that one's free. Um, 
we're doing, uh, we're just starting to get into some, uh, very small, uh, live music shows. Uh, so we've had a couple of musician friends come out and, and play for us. Uh, we're working on a couple of markets. Um, we've got, um, we got a small business Saturday market coming up, uh, November 28th. Uh, and then we've got a, our version of a Christmas market. Um, we're calling it the Krampus market because it's 2020 and why not? Um, and that's coming up, uh, December 12th. Um, and we're going to, you know, continue pushing out the calendar, uh, for more, um, craft events, um, weird, uh, like I want to do some, uh, stupid bike races, uh, and, you know, <laughs> got a couple, uh, got a couple of events that we're trying to keep a lid on, uh, excited about uh rolling out but the weirder the better let's just uh let's leave it there um but yeah so you know we we're, we're trying to build um a culture of you know we're we're very serious about the beer um everything else let's let's make it weird as hell <laughs> i love, love it, it man heck yeah you, you also have but, this kind of do-it-yourself vibe um in there is that intentional is it you know, we were doing the best that we could based on not really having much revenue coming in. And then it just kind of stuck like, shit, this is like kind of our jam. Like, this is what we are all about. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, that comes from, you know, the, the engineering background, uh, the engineering brain. Um, if it, if it can be figured out, let's figure out how to do it. Um, a lot of that comes from, from my dad, you know, just watching him, um, yeah. Uh, his, his decisions were absolutely economical. He didn't want to pay anybody to do anything for him. Uh, so he just figured out how to do it himself. And, uh, I was along for the ride. So I picked up a lot of those lessons. Um, awesome. and, and mainly the, the DIY attitude of, uh, let's, you know, there's no problem, uh, too big that, you know, can't be solved. So let's, let's figure this out and do it. Um, and that's, that's kind of the way that I've, I've operated, um, you know, through a couple different houses and building projects and renovations. Um, you know, we built our brewing shed. Um, we built our brew kit. I taught myself how to weld and we welded together the brew kit. Um, uh, the decision was it, it, oftentimes economical. You know, there's, there's really, you know, not a lot of money floating around. So you just got to figure out how to, how to do it if you're going to do it. Um, so just that mentality, um, just naturally, uh, bled over into the brewery. So at every step, if we, you know, if there was some, uh, design detail that was programmed into the architecture of the brewery, um, we, we had to sit down and say, okay, well, how are we going to approach this? You know, cause we, um, uh, you know, we can't afford to pay anybody to do this for us. So we got to figure out how to do it. Um, and, uh, and, and that's just the, the kind of the home base that we, we, you know, swing at every problem from. So, um, and that informs the aesthetic in a lot of ways. Um, and for me, kind of the touchstone is that arts and crafts movement where, um, arts and crafts is, is iconic because it's, um, it's layers of like square edges. Um, 
it, it's an it's an everyman aesthetic, but it's doing um, it's it's making something uh, special and quality given ordinary tools and materials. Um, so it's that it's that alchemy of um, making making something unique as unique as you can make it staying within your skill set um, and that's your like that's your voice that's your aesthetic you can make something um, really well and also simple at the same time um, so yeah so that you know that kind of philosophy um, informed uh, a lot of the build out. I love that, man. So before we, um, we, we kind of wrap this up, what's the best way for people to follow you? You, uh, you mentioned the, the different social media, Instagram, Twitter, tell us the best way for people to get in touch with you. Uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, honestly, if you guys are listening, check them out. Like, even if you don't, you don't want to go and stay, go in there, swing by, pick up some beer, any way that you can support them. Now is the time to support small business more than ever. Cause if you don't support them now, then you won't ever get an opportunity to support them again. That's how important it is. Uh, so definitely put petty thieves on the top of that list to support them uh, since they are brand new and they're doing everything that they can but what's the best way for people to get in contact with you and to follow the journey yeah absolutely so uh, we're on traditional social media so we're on Facebook and Instagram uh, Instagram handle Petty Thieves Brewing uh, we also have a website uh, PettyThieveBrewing.com and that's where uh, you can follow along um, with some of the events and stuff uh, and also that jumps off into our shop. We've got some really cool merch coming, uh, coming down the pipe. Um, got some cooler weather, uh, gear, uh, for the late fall coming into winter season. Um, and you can also, as soon as, uh, as soon as the shop figures out how to fix the, the shipping issue, um, you'll be able to at the very least pre-order, uh, beer on our website. Um, and we're working on getting the, the shipping sorted out so you can, you can buy beer from us online. That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, Ted, congratulations for, you know, taking a dream and turning it into reality and not letting, you know, even something as, as terrible as COVID jump in, in the way of that. Uh, I think that's very commendable on your end. I think a lot of people will look up to you to that, but also I think there's a lot of people that will want to support you and I love beer. So I'll be there, my man. Awesome. Ted, Ted, really appreciate you spending the time with us today, man. What a great story. We can't wait to come over there and have a beer with you guys. And uh, congratulations. We wish you nothing but success as we continue to navigate this COVID thing and um, and beyond. Right. Um, So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. We're looking forward to sharing your story, my man. I appreciate it. Ted. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for. yeah, thanks for reaching out and uh, and you know letting me let me on this thing and getting to chat about uh, what we love. Uh, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. If you are uh, listening, please like, share, comment. Go check out Petty Thieves. Follow them. Support them. Now is the time because there might not be another time. So let's do that as a community. Again, thank you, Ted, for joining us. You have been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. 
For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>